Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Dear saints of God, it's almost too much in the text, John chapter 14, for us to cover in one sermon. There's so much rich Trinitarian theology. Jesus says, it's enough. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. To Philip, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. I go to the Father and so forth. There's the theology of prayer, which is really quite stunning at the end of the text where Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And he goes on to explain that in the verses to come. It's a beautiful promise. And that promise that the Lord gives, that not only does he hear our prayers, but he answers those prayers in, in his own name. There's the doctrine of the exclusivity of the gospel. This is an important, one of the foundational doctrines of the Christian church, that there is one way to heaven. No one comes to the Father, says Jesus, except through me. Now, those are hard words for those outside the church, glorious words for those who are inside of Christ, an important theological text. But the main thing happening in the text, and the main thing then that we want to focus on, especially in these difficult days, is the comfort that Jesus wants to deliver to us here, especially with these words when he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, says Jesus, are many rooms. If it weren't so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? But I go to prepare a place for you so that where I will be, there you will be also. Now, those words are stunning and wonderful. And they're for you. Jesus says, where I will be, you will be also. There is a heavenly home. There is a resurrection life. There is a place where we are headed. A place being prepared for you by Jesus so that you can live with him forever. A place where there are no more tears, where the tears are, are, are wiped away. A place where there's no more sorrow. A place where there's no more sickness. No more pestilence or plague, or pandemics. A place where there is no more disasters, no more death, no more sin, no more devil or the demons, no, no, no more temptation, no more trouble. A place prepared by Jesus for you. This is, this is absolutely wonderful. But I think it's even more wonderful to say that Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. That I, I, I have to walk away to prepare a place, the way and the truth and the life, but there's a, I'm going to prepare the place for you. And, and I don't know how you think of that. I used to almost always think of that as the ascension of Jesus. That when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that when he ascends into heaven, then, then he does the work. Now, I'm not 100% sure the picture that I had in my mind, like, there was a mansion that was so big in heaven and when Jesus then rescued all of us, he, came, he comes back to the heavenly mansion and says, boy, we're going to need more rooms and he starts this sort of renovation of the heavenly mansion. But the problem in heaven 
is not the space. It's not like there's not enough space for you or for me up there. The problem with this heavenly house is your sin and my sin. I mean, the reason why there is no place or why there should be no place for us is because we're sinners, because we've broken God's law, because we've lived as enemies of God, because we've worshipped ourselves or we've collected all of these different idols, things that we fear and that we love and that we trust in above God. We don't deserve to be in that place because that place is for the holy ones. Those rooms are for the perfect the presence of God, the Father, and His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, are the, the, the place before them, to stand before them, belongs only to the righteous. And you and I, according to our life, according to our works, and according to our flesh, we are not righteous. We are sinners. Every one of us, sinners. And that's the problem. And that's why there's no place for us in heaven. So when Jesus says to the disciples, when he says to you and to me, when he says, I go to prepare a place for you, he's saying, I'm going to take care of your sin. I'm going to take care of your uncleanness. I'm going to take care of your unholiness. I'm going to win for you a righteousness and a perfection that you cannot accomplish on your own. In other words, when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you, he's saying, I'm going to the cross to die for you. That's how he prepares a place. That's how he carves out room in the Father's presence. That's how he makes us fit to stand before him in eternity. He takes our sin our death, our dying, our imperfections and uncleanness. He takes all of that and he suffers in our place so that he can forgive our sins, so that he can declare us righteous, so that he can make us holy, holy ones, saints, who are fit to stand before him. There's a place for you, then, in heaven. Not because you've earned the spot or won your place, like those football tryouts and you ran faster than everyone else and you made the team. No, there's a place for you in heaven because Jesus has died and risen again. I go to prepare a place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. God be praised. That in the, in the, in the pierced hands and the pierced side of Jesus, there is a place. God be praised that in his suffering and death now, in the very heart of God, there is a place for you and for me and for all who trust in him. I go to prepare a place for you, says Jesus, that where I am, you will be also. God be praised. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.